This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here, Making Finances Easier. Uh, we're with Providence Advisors Group. I'm here with my colleagues uh, Bruce Landis and Garrett Crawford. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Paul. Um, we uh, have a, a kind of a fun topic this morning in the sense that it's uh, it's kind of a, uh, a niche um, kind of topic that we uh, talk about every so often. Um, what's interesting is we never do a financial plan without addressing it. So we address it with clients in every single case, but we don't want to, you know, hit on it every week on the radio. But that topic that I'm talking about is how we handle the expenses when someone needs caregiving. And so um, Bruce Landis, my colleague, uh, is here to talk to us about this. He has, uh, he, I would say he probably uh, knows more about long-term care than anyone within probably 500 miles of here. Um, I know he, um, he gets uh, requests uh, all day, every day for people to follow back up with on uh, helping um, them design plans that are appropriate for them. So he's doing this day in, day out, day in, day out. And, um, and that's really what, what we appreciate is we have somebody with their finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. And uh, so, hey, Bruce, you're welcome. Glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, Paul, so I was telling Garrett earlier, it's an interesting day that we live in. And you might say, well, what does that mean? Well, as you mentioned, I am on the phone every day, um, hour after hour, folks in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, all throughout the Southeast, obviously Tennessee and local uh, folks within uh, listening range. And I am hearing the refrain that you and I have heard for many, many years, over 20 years. I ask each person, so what's motivating you? Why are you looking into this? So what are uh, some of those responses? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, as you've heard, uh, oh, Bruce, uh, this happened yesterday. I can't make this up. Uh, the woman said, Bruce, I have cared for my mom eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And instantly I said, you are part of my hidden heroes list. Mm. And I could hear her getting emotional mm. on the other end mm. because I just commended her mm. for the sacrifice mm. that she gave mm. to her mom. Mm. It was a dear thing. And I meant every word that I said. Mm. But she is going, has gone through a care event. It's taken know. a toll on her head. It has. And so I'll hear that uh that answer many, many times. My my parents are going through care. It's super expensive. Mm-hmm. They're not prepared, and we don't want to repeat that same mistake. Mm-hmm. 
the one that is a real surprise that you and I, if we hadn't been in this business and helping people for over 20 years, is now, here's what I'm hearing. My parents have a plan. It has paid out like clockwork, and if they didn't have it, we'd be in serious trouble. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad you said that. You know, I um, some people know my story, but just a real quick 60-second um, as, as you know, Sandy and I were in Christian ministry for several years after right. grad school. And then when we came back into the States in the fall of 92, one of our supporters um, was in the long-term care industry. Right. And he and, and we had been through this with my grandmother, my mom's mom. And uh, it was, you know, it was difficult. And, uh, and so he talked about long-term care insurance. I thought, well, that's something I could believe in. So that's how I got my toe into the water of the financial services industry. I sold my first policy uh, on February the 1st. That is so funny (laughs) because we're recording this on February the 1st. It'll air this coming Saturday. But my first policy was sold February 1st of 1993. Mm. And, um, and, Guess who it was too? My mom. <laughs> I, you know, if you can't, if your mom doesn't get to get it from you, you're, you're, you got <laughs> a problem. Be in this business. But uh, she's now 94, and the claim's been approved, and uh, it's going to pay to the tune of like 5,800 a month uh, retroactive back to September. Um, and so won't take many months of that mm-hmm. to get her premiums back that yeah. she paid into this thing. And so um, when when we see the drain that it is on an estate yeah it really does it is an attention getter because i don't care how much money you have you know through the years we've seen people say well you know let, let's say their estates over five million sure. for example yeah. they say well you know i could pay for it but i just don't want to mm-hmm. I hear that many times people say how much do i need I said, I have no idea. I said, if we have clients that are five million plus and they wouldn't pay this out of their pocket, you know, if you forced them to. So one of, the, one of the things I love about what we're doing here at Providence is Garrett and I meet with people and we're designing financial plans and uh, looking at allocations. Then we're addressing this issue of if we need caregiving, how will we pay for it? So before I get into some of those specifics, Bruce, explain why this is an out-of-pocket out of expense. Well, there's a lot of misnomers. What's your famous phrase about bad advice? You get it off the street. <laughs> yeah, we pick up we pick up like uh, advice like germs off the street. You know, <laughs> there's just something we just kind of grab it, and we, even if it came from a neighbor or somebody that doesn't even know what they're talking about, we can kind of <laughs> internalize it. Well, a misnomer for years is that well, Medicare is going to pay for it. And sadly, Medicare just doesn't pay. And I, we do, as you'll hear on other broadcasts, we do a lot of Medicare planning, and I do teach seminars. And as a, a group, we do a lot of educational uh, work with Medicare. And as you're exploring Medicare, as you read the material, it is just plastered with Medicare does not pay for custodial care. Not at all. Right. And 
And explain what custodial care is for our listeners. Custodial care is bathing, dressing, toileting, you know, just what we typically need. Just uh, it's non-skilled care. And most long-term care is custodial. And that's what Medicare doesn't pay for. The thing that Medicare does pay for, if it only pays a maximum of 100 days, and if you get 100 days out of Medicare, you've done well because most – Tennesseans and Americans don't get 100 days. But that's skilled care, and uh, most folks are not going to need that much skilled care. But that is a massive misinformation. Medicare is going to pay for it. Yikes. It's not. And then the other side of it that can be confusing is people will can confuse Medicare with Medicaid. And they'll think, oh, well, Medicaid pays. Well, Explain what they have to do to get Medicaid to pay. Yeah, so if you're, uh, you know, a married couple, you're going to have to impoverish. You're going to have to spend down in order for Medicaid. You have to impoverish yourself down to a, a level that is accepted, you know, by our state. And then, uh, and that gets... So then the survivor is in a difficult situation because if they were using investments or interest off investments to fund their income and they're having to drain those assets, the survivor could be in a real pickle. Yeah. And then when we lose that one spouse and it goes down to just a single person, it's almost horrific to tell the numbers that you have to spend down to. You're almost completely impoverished. Yeah. And, no, and you become a ward of the state at that point. And I tell folks, I don't think if you research, you want to go that route. Yeah, the thing that, that really got my attention way back in the early 90s was if I can pay for the care, I choose my care. If the government is paying for my care, I don't have those choices anymore. They're starting to weave in a little bit into assisted living facilities. But for the most part, once you're on Medicaid, that is welfare. Once you're on Medicaid, you've lost the ability to to determine the type of care you'd prefer. That's true. Correct. And obviously in Tennessee, it's called TenCare. So that is Medicaid welfare. Again, most of the folks that call in say, Bruce, I want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And that's good thinking. Right. So when we meet with somebody, one of the things Garrett and I often say is, you know, there's not a cookie cutter. Every home's a little bit different. Uh, we don't we don't say to everybody, you have to get a long-term care insurance plan because it's not appropriate for everyone. If somebody has, if somebody has no assets, well, they've got nothing to protect. They'll qualify for Medicaid almost immediately. That's correct. Um, on the other hand, if they if they have, let's say they have in excess of $5 million and they don't have any heirs, any desire to give money away, n- no concern about that at all, and let's say they're already 70, then they could just say, well, I'll just spend my savings and I don't care. I don't, as long as I die with my socks on, I don't mind spending <laughs> all my money. But most of our clients fit somewhere there in the middle where um, they could generate between Social Security, perhaps a pension, interest off investments. They have some income. They can afford some of it. So one of the things I appreciate about what you're doing and bringing to the table is the ability to design a plan that can make up the difference between what they can pay and the cost of the caregiving so that surviving spouse isn't impoverished. Yeah, that's right. A lot of, and I, I learn more, as you and Garrett do, from probably clients than anybody else. And so a 
terminology that I hear consistently is, Bruce, we want to mitigate this risk. We want to offset this risk. We can pay some of it. We just don't want the whole thing to land on us. That would be a deal breaker. And so I love that uh, phraseology because then that I agree with them 100%. Yes, we're going to customize a plan that is going to offset these expenses, but it doesn't have to pay 100% because now we're looking some serious you know, cost for your long-term care coverage if you're trying to cover every dime so there's this happy medium where they get coverage that's appropriate for them yeah um you know and another thing i appreciate about your expertise bruce and what you bring to the table here at providence is uh is this whole uh subject means that uh, some financial advisors um you know they're they're well-intentioned and they want to help people so they'll write them a long-term care plan but they don't write it often enough to even have more than one arrow in their quiver or more than one option or different alternatives you're able to basically offer anything that's out there available in the state of Tennessee and you you do the research and so one of the things that I wanted you to address is Uh, Back in the old days when we started, all of the insurance for long-term care was, uh, for all practical purposes, like term insurance. Or another way to put it, it was like car insurance. Mm -hmm. You pay the insurance company. If you wreck, they'll pay the claim. You get some money back. But if you don't don't wreck, then you don't get any money back. (laughs) But – and those are are still available. One of the chief critiques of those plans – has been the ongoing battle of increasing premiums that people have faced. Right. So every week, those these clients from the 90s and the early 2000s and different seasons, they'll say, hey, the, the rates are going up, and what do we do about this? How do we adjust? And so one of the ways that you've um, uh, kind of changed gears on that a little bit is – so many of the ones that you write have a level premium. The premiums won't increase. And I love that. I know Garrett likes that in terms of a financial plan because we can plan ahead. We know what this premium is going to yeah. be. Can you explain how that works, how that's different from the traditional? Yeah, and the traditional is a good word. That's uh, the, the tried and true the plans that are paying out now, uh, almost 100% of them are, are labeled a traditional long-term care. And it's a great value. It's not as inexpensive as it was before because the companies have learned over the years they have to pay charge much, much more on the front end yeah. so that they don't have to raise rates here in 10, 15 years. But that's called traditional, and it's a great value, but it's pure insurance. You're not going to get any thing back. And one of the caveats is they companies cannot raise your rates due to your age or your health, but they can petition the state to get across the board rate increase for that block of business. And many times the state of Tennessee or Georgia or wherever will give permission for that rate increase. That's traditional. The other flavor, and we'll we'll just kind of do chocolate and vanilla, keep it simple, but the other flavor of long-term care is what I like to call linked long-term care. You say linked, Bruce, what's that mean? Well, some people call it hybrid, too, right? Hybrid is a very common name. Uh, And 
Linked hybrid means this, is that one of the great selling points is that the rates are fixed for life. The companies can never request a rate increase. And some people will tell me, Bruce, that's what I've been looking for my entire life. That sells it. The other thing, though, that folks appreciate is that, well, what if I never use this? Well, then there is a tax-free death benefit that goes to their loved ones or their beneficiaries. And so... They kind of get two things for one. I tell them, you're not getting this for the death benefit in a million years. You are getting this for long-term care. That's why you're doing this type of planning. But it has a little caveat in it that if they never need care, then there's a death benefit woven into the fabric of the policy. Yeah, I think you're... uh uh, in my opinion, you're kind of underplaying it a little bit because as, a, as somebody who pays premiums and who's, you know, again, designing a plan that can be palatable for people, if I know that as I write that check that it's going to come back one of two ways, yeah, either I'm going to have a claim and I'm going to get some money back or my beneficiaries are going to get a tax-free death benefit. And so if that can happen, then boy, it makes it so much easier to pay that premium. Um, and so, um, Garrett, I want you to weigh in. You got any questions for Bruce? Yeah, I was. Uh, so I was just thinking as y'all were talking, um, you know, I've, I've been here almost 10 years now, and this happens a lot throughout the year, but somebody will come in and they will, uh, Paul and I will be in the office. They're, they're, they're not yet a client. They want some help. And uh, I've, I've seen, Paul, you pause and say, really, we, we can't go any further until we figure out how we're going to solve uh, how you would pay for that extended care cost. Because for me to come up with an investment allocation and income, what would you do if you were going to uh, require care? And so I've just seen where we've, we've paused those conversations with clients and we've said, uh, why don't you go meet with Bruce, get this idea buttoned up with, with it? does it make sense, does it not make sense, and then we can circle back around. But let's say we want to put money aside to fund a long-term care plan. Maybe it's uh, self-insuring, maybe it's uh, a long-term care policy. What type of money do we use? Is it, A lot of people have Roth money. They might have a 401k account that's tr- tax deferred. They might have a, just a brokerage investment account. So those are three different types. Where should we peel off funds to actually pay for that long-term care policy? And even that in and of itself can be a, uh, an answerable question, but it takes conversations to happen. Yeah, and the boy, you bring up so many important points there. But let, let's uh, take this this one about what type of money. Well, a lot of people that we talk with, that they'll come through our doors, and the vast majority of what they have is only four hundred one k. That's all. That's all they have. They really don't have any other investments, unless maybe they've switched jobs, and so they have a couple other kind of orphan IRAs out there. Um, and so, in that case, you know, you almost have to do it with IRA money. Now, if someone, let's say, someone says, "I'm just going to self-insure. I'm going to pay for this out of pocket." Well, one of the math things that people often don't consider that if they start drawing down their assets and they're pulling it out of an IRA, they need to realize 
realize that when they add you know, 60, 70, 80,000 to their income from an IRA, um, all that money isn't theirs. They're going to have to take that 60, 70, 80,000 or more out each year. They're going to have to subtract 22, 25% of that money for taxes and then pay the bill. And so one of the things to kind of hitchhike on that thought is one of the companies that you work with they even have a, a strategy where they um, allow you to use an IRA. C- can you just explain broad brush exactly how that works? So yeah. over a period of ten years, uh, I always, uh, Paul, we have uh, clients that are what I call very heavy in four hundred one k money, and many times they're in excess of one million dollars in their four hundred one k. And so there's a very very you know, company has been around for 150 years, A plus rate of the highest ratings you can get. And they allow you to reposition a lump sum of tax qualified money into a long term care policy. The only challenge is then you have to pay the taxes on that money over a 10 year period. So rather than putting a lump sum, they're breaking that tax liability over 10 years. That's correct. And it's added to them as a 1099R, I think. Mm-hmm. And so they are credited with extra income and they plan for that year. They know, okay, this, I start the year at 10 grand because of my long term care policy. But uh, some of our clients who have those, they just say, oh, Bruce, that's just perfect for me. Because I really don't have non-qualified money. I'm super thankful and uh, you know fortunate that my 401ks are heavy. And if I can use that money and pay the taxes off on that money, which is coming eventually, there's my solution. That's very popular, Paul. Why don't we wrap up with this thought? Um, what would you tell our listeners would be the window of you would say the best ages to look into this family history has a lot to do with this paul folks that have alzheimer's in their family the earlier the better but typically the window that i tell folks is probably most appropriate is you know in some cases 45 and above and some folks will wait till 60 61 but the challenge as they wait, the premiums for this coverage get very, very expensive. And, and their eligibility is in question. <laughs> that is the big ticket. People say, well, all the time, well, what's the big ticket or what's the big item? I say insurability. Can I get you approved yeah. through medical underwriting? So good. And folks, if you wait too long, then your options are off the table because you can't qualify. So younger is better if you have resources to protect. 865-770-5031. If you're wondering, gosh, I don't know, would I even qualify? Again, give us a call. We can uh, talk it through. We're not telling everybody to get a long-term care plan. What we're telling everybody to do is plan ahead. People don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan, right, Bruce? Well, thanks, everybody. Good to be with you, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.